Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQD in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. We all live with the public health effects of fossil fuel use. But for those of us who live on the north side of the East Bay, near the refineries in Richmond, Martinez, and Benicia, the stakes are a lot higher. These facilities produce much of the fuel that powers the cars, trucks, and planes of Northern California, and they have had fraught relationships with their surrounding communities for decades. Today, we bring you the story of one scary pollution release from the refinery in Martinez, that cute small town on the Carquinez Strait, and how it left its residents with too many questions and not enough answers. That's coming up next, after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. There are several large refineries in the Bay Area, but the one we're talking about this morning is the Martinez Refining Company, which is owned by PBF Energy. PBF was uh, formed back in the aughts as a joint venture between a Swiss refiner and the private equity firm Blackstone. The company has grown by snapping up the refining assets of large multinational oil companies, and that's what happened in Martinez, too. The refinery used to be owned by Shell until they were bought out. And Shell is PBF Energy's largest customer overall, according to the company's SEC filings. So this is a component of the global fossil fuel industry. And it's also a real place on the earth located very close to this beautiful little town of Martinez, one of the most alluring in the whole Bay Area, a place where people meander down to the coffee shop or take walks out along the bayside or, you know, bicker about what to have for dinner. Most days, it's pretty easy to forget there's one of the most complex oil refineries in the world just down the street. And then there are the other days. I want to welcome in our first guest, Heidi Taylor, a resident of Martinez. Thank you so much for joining us, Heidi. Thank you for having me. So it's Thanksgiving night and you have a dinner at your house for family and friends. Your mother-in-law is there. It's great. But then you wake up the next morning, and what do you notice? Well, I went outside, and I had an antique dresser out in front that was I was going to take over to the neighbor, and I asked my son and husband to move it. And my son goes over there and looks down, and I can see that there's this white coating of dust. And my son kind of wipes his hand across it, and it aerosolizes. And I'm like, oh, what is that? It's like, I don't know. And we didn't know. And um, so they move it. And then I go about my day thinking, huh, that must be soot or something. I don't know. 
That would be my thought. My first thought would be fire, right? Just given huh. like what we have experienced here in the Bay Area. Exactly. And so um, I didn't think anything of it. And then, you know, all of a sudden later, I'm hearing some chatter on social media media, and I'm and I'm hearing, oh, uh, MRC, Martinez Refining mm-hmm. Company, is offering mm-hmm. us car washes. I'm like, okay, I guess my car needs to be washed. I again completely unknowing that we were being showered by this toxic cocktail. And so you didn't even know it was necessarily a release from the refinery. You just thought, oh, we're being offered a free car wash. Yeah, seriously. And my husband went down and I said, hey, can you take my car too? (laughs) And so he does and he's in line and they've got some representative there and so my husband says, so, so what is all this? And they, oh, it's really nothing. You know, it's like, it's clay and other minerals. It's nothing to worry about. So that was Sunday. Um, and again, I'm still thinking, oh, nothing to worry about. I guess this is just the way it is in Martinez. Mm. So when did things start to change for you when you start to realize, like, well, maybe I need to like pay more attention to what has happened here? When the county health department stepped in and started telling us that there was 20 to 24 tons of heavy metals dumped on our community, then I got really worried. And, you know, I didn't plan on speaking at the city council meeting on December 6th, but I felt compelled to. Mm -hmm. And um, my voice still shakes a little bit thinking about that night because we were so afraid. We didn't know a whole lot. And I met a number of other residents that night who also felt compelled to speak. I mean, I'm here talking to you today, but really I'm here on behalf of all of the other people. There are, you know, parents of young kids who let them out to crawl on the patio in the dust. There's a woman who was standing on the train platform going to visit her daughter in Seattle and decided at 1030 at night to stroll up and down the platform and get a little exercise, Mm -hmm. all while this sparkly white dust is drifting down on her and into her lungs. Mm -hmm. It's horrific. Yeah. You know, I want to bring in Ori Veli, uh, Veli, excuse me, um, who's a health officer for Contra Costa County, um, who made some of these calls about what to tell residents about what was happening on. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Orivielli, you in particular had to make this call to put out an advisory in early March to, quote, not to eat produce grown in soil that may have been exposed to this release, which is called spent catalyst, with heavy metals until further environmental testing is completed. Can you walk us through the process of trying to figure out what the right way to communicate this risk and what people should be doing was. Yeah, this this has been a challenging situation because um, we still don't know exactly what's in the soil. It took a while because the MRC facility did not report the release for us to understand exactly what went on. And once we realized that there was heavy metal laden uh, spent catalyst that was sprayed over the community, you know, there's the initial risk of breathing it in, which unfortunately we couldn't warn the community about because they didn't tell us. But then after that, we were thinking about the soil and what's in there. And right away we said, okay, until we know what's in the soil, um, we should 
let people know that there could be some toxicity there. And uh, the community uh, heard that. We talked about that at the Martinez City Council. And uh, they wanted to be involved. And we are we have a wonderful process where there's a community advisory committee and they're helping to oversee um, the independent investigation. Mm -hmm. And we just got into a contract with a toxicology firm that will help us do the soil testing. Um, and to know where to test, you need to understand exactly where the dust fell. And we've uh, partnered with the Bay Area Air Management uh, Quality District to um, help us uh, develop a plume model to tell us where the dust fell. But the reason we made the announcement in March is um, we had heard from the community, hey, there's some people that haven't really heard about this. They're starting to plant. This is There's a lot of backyard mm -hmm. gardeners in Martinez. It's got wonderful weather and a good gardening tradition. Um, so we just uh, decided to go ahead and put out another message for people mm -hmm. to know that hey, it's okay to plant, uh, but before you ingest anything grown in that soil, until we have the results of the soil testing, just keep an eye out. Or if you're you know, mm -hmm. planting your spring and summer garden and you want to not worry about this, go ahead and plan on container gardening um, or raised bed gardening, bring in some fresh soil and plant in that so that this wouldn't be an issue, even if we did find some toxicity in the soil. So... Ori, there are heavy metals in other things, and I kind of wanted you to give us a sense of kind of the comparative risk here. Like, is this like if you eat tuna once a week, or are you imagining this could be like you eat 20 tuna in a day or something? Yeah, well, you know, in, in tuna, what you worry about is mercury. Um, and the other uh, metal that people often hear about and know about is lead because of lead paint and uh, lead tainted soil that is found in some places of industry. In this particular case, um, we have a different set of metals. There's a slightly elevated level of lead that we measured in the catalyst, but most of the other metals, uh, aluminum, zinc, chromium, um, vanadium, um, nickel, they're less well understood from a health perspective. In general, when we think of um, heavy metal contamination and effects on the human body, it really takes repeated ongoing ingestion to really have harmful effects. Mm -hmm. um, so we're at the point now where we still don't know exactly what's in the soil, exactly how deep it went, and whether it's any of concern at all. It could be that the testing that comes back, and we expect that back in the next few weeks, will show some reassuring results. So, you know, but but we because we don't know, we wanted to have the principle of extra caution apply here and really tell people, let's wait for those results to come back. Yeah. We're talking about the November emissions release from the Martinez Refining Company and the uneasy relationship between the town and the refineries that share their air. We're joined first here by Ori Vielli, who is health officer for Contra Costa County, as well as Heidi Taylor, a resident of Martinez. We'd love to hear from you. I mean, did you experience this event up in Martinez? How, how has it gone for you? How have the communications gone in terms of understanding what happened? 
We're also curious, you know, more generally, I mean, how do we live alongside these refineries? I mean, is it even possible to imagine a future without them? You can give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. The email is forum at kqed.org, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or KQED Forum. Heidi Taylor, I mean... How are you feeling right now? What do you think needs to happen for you to feel safe in your home and in town? So I'm feeling angry and I'm feeling frustrated. Um, I will say that, you know, I've joined with some a, a big group of other people. We've connected with other local groups in the area as far as Benicia and Crockett. And so we're sharing information. And actually, the more I learn, the more scarier it becomes. But I just feel, again, compelled to hold MRC accountable. I mean, we've developed, you know, five things that we absolutely have to have to live next to this refinery. And that those five things include improved um, transparency and communication. Mm -hmm. Uh, MRC needs to make our community whole and pay to remediate all damaged public and private lands, our schools, our parks. We need independent air monitoring around MRC because we cannot trust nor rely on what they give us in terms of information. We also want them to install a wet gas scrubber and to dismiss their lawsuit against the Bay Area Air Quality Management District. You know, they're fighting that. There Mm -hmm. is a rule called the Industrial Safety Ordinance, and we have laws and rules, and they're meant to be followed. And MRC apparently thinks that they don't have to follow it, but they are putting us in jeopardy by not doing what they need to do. You know, we have a right to clean air, clean water and clean soil. And industry is not going to make sure we have those things. So I'm in a position now, as well as my fellow residents and neighbors, we have to fight for that. Hmm. Yeah. We're talking about November's emissions release from the Martinez Refining Company and the uneasy relationship between the town and the refineries that share their air. Joined by Heidi Taylor, resident of Martinez, as well as Ori Vielli, health officer for Contra Costa County. We're going to be back with the mayor and many other folks involved in this uh, situation. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more right after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking about Martinez Refining Company and a release that happened uh, on the night of Thanksgiving and 
the sort of problems that it's caused for people in the town and the community. We're joined uh, by Heidi Taylor, resident of Martinez, who you were talking before the break, as well as Ori Vielli, health officer for Contra Costa County. We want to add in um, some other voices. First, let's bring on Martinez Mayor Brianne Zorn. Welcome to the show, Mayor Zorn. Thank you for having me. It's nice to talk to you again, Alexis. We also have Matt Kaufman, who's deputy director of Contra Costa Health Services. Welcome, Matt. Thank you. As well as Charles Davidson with the Sunflower Alliance, a group, a set of environmental groups up there. Welcome. Greetings. Thank you. Also want to note that we, of course, did invite the Martinez Refining Company representatives to come on the show, and, and they declined. So um, just for, for what it's worth. Um, Mayor Zorn, let's, let's come to you on this. I mean, can you give us a little context about the relationship between the town and the refinery? Like, what role does this refinery play in the life of Martinez residents? Thank you. That is a really good question. And the longer you spend in Martinez, the more you see the Martinez Refining Company logo on so many things. So we're all aware as we you know, get off the freeway and go to our homes that we live in a refinery town. Uh, and we're very aware of how much uh, Shell previously and now MRC has uh, contributed to our community with, you know, donations and sponsor- sponsorships and all of that. And I think that's why members of the public are so frustrated because of this event, um, because up until this point for the past several years, we really haven't had any environmental issues and it's all been a rather positive relationship. Uh, But now we're all fairly aware uh, and I think a little sensitive when we see those sponsorships happening now. Yeah. You know, um, Charles, environmental and environmental justice groups have been working with and battling the refineries, you know, not just in Martinez, but but around uh, for many years. I mean, how would you contextualize this particular release kind of in, in the context of the different releases from the refineries over the years? Well, it's interesting um, that several months before last summer uh, over in Crockett, there was... Um, particles uh, sticking on people's car windows. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, we went out throughout the community and we uh, we took our own samples, took them to literally the same laboratory that is uh, analyzed by the county and the air district. Mm-hmm. And we, we had these uh, samples tested and they came up with the same uh, uh, profile of heavy metals that happened mm-hmm. in Martinez, uh, vanadium, nickel, and lead were, were uh, extremely high. And uh, in, in terms of uh, biological uh, impact of those metals, that, uh, these are all battery metals, and they have a high impact on, um, they're not only corrosive, but they have high impact on biological tissue. And so when things are uh, airborne, then people breathe them in or they uh, accumulate in the soil. So there's both, you know, episodic events like Martinez and the event over in Crockett, which is next to the Philip 66 refinery. But, um, uh, you know, there there is that concern that uh, there's these metals that- have accumulated in the uh, environment. You know, and a, a few years back, maybe it was just a couple years back, there was a release of some benzene um, from one of the, I think it was the Benicia refinery. And there was a kind of concern that maybe this was actually a more widespread problem. Um, is that kind of what you're saying about this Crockett 
uh, incident that maybe this has actually happened more often than we know or we think, or it could be an issue with with other refineries? Uh, I, I definitely think it's an issue with other refineries. I know some uh, several of the refineries now are going uh, through upgrades of their fence line monitoring system that would pick up things like benzene. But, um, you know, these are imperfect systems at best. Uh, you know, the, the, the wind can change direction or the temperature could cause something, a gas like benzene to rise above where they're uh, la- the line of sight for their lasers that detect these different um, gaseous chemicals. So, um, you know, they're imperfect systems at best. And that's one reason why it's real important to start developing uh, community monitors that are spread out in those plume areas that have been identified by the Air District recently. You know, that's what we really need to do is have community detection combined with uh, improved fence line monitoring systems, I think would be more ideal. You know, Matt Kaufman, um, as I understand it, you have been involved in um, kind of hazmat response um, around the refineries um, and are now, you know, in the county health district. Can you talk to us a little bit about this, the the air mapping that the Bay Area Air Quality Management District did that's been kind of referenced by a couple of folks and what it's trying to, to do in, in terms of showing the impacts of this release? Sure. Good morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, Matt Kaufman, Deputy Director with the Contra Costa County Health Department. Um, I was in the Hazardous Materials Division for uh, the County Health Department for many years before coming to the Office of the Director and responded to calls um, at refineries um, similar to this one and others. And I guess the first thing I'll say is all refinery incidents are very different. Um, There's no incident that's sort of the same at refineries. They're very complex um, operations and the releases that um, may occur from those refineries differ each time we respond. Um, So it is a a little bit of a complicated um, subject to talk about in terms of um, protocols and whatnot and air monitoring devices that may be put up just because there are a a slew of uh, chemicals different things that can be released from the refinery depending upon the upset or the conditions that exist during that that incident. Um, The health department has been very supportive of adding air monitoring uh, devices throughout the community, uh, especially areas surrounding the refinery. Um, And we've been partnering with the air district on that. Um, And we've been identifying sort of the areas of heavy industry within Contra Costa County that we would like to see Uh, additional monitoring put into place, um, not only for the residents, but also for our own responders. Um, It would be very helpful for us during incidents to be able to log in and see um, air monitoring uh, devices, what they're showing, uh, the different levels that are being measured, and be able to make decisions on where to route our teams, where to do additional air monitoring. And I think to Dr. Zavelli's point, you know, really that plays into advisories that the health advi- that the health officer for the county may issue. Um, and so having that real-time data would be critical for us as first responders. Um, knowing what's happening in the community, um, because obviously we can't be everywhere at all times. Um, mm-hmm. So having sort of a network of um, of air monitors throughout the county, especially in our heavy industry areas, um, would be extremely helpful to the health department. Because and instead, I think in protecting our residents. Yeah, because instead, what you're having to do right now, right, is the county and Martinez had to go to Bachmed, that's the Bay Area Air Quality Management District, and say, "Can you model what happened with this event? Like this much of this." particular substance came out and the wind conditions were this. So where do we think the the fallout from this happened? Um, how confident are you in 
the work that Bachmann has done to sort of say like, okay, this is the affected area? I would say I'm fairly confident in it. I would say, you know, it's it's a plume model that takes a lot of um, different factors into consideration and it's a model. Um, so there's going to be limitations and it's not a perfect, um, it's not going to be exactly what happened. Um, but in the absence of having, um, you know, the perfect information, this is a very, very, very good guess yeah. as to where the deposition of this material went. Um, and we're talking about things like particle size, the weather conditions that existed that night, um, the the temperature of the material as it came out of the uh, reactor, different things that really affect um, <laughs> the dispersion uh, of this material and essentially the deposition of where it deposited on soil and other um, ground level surfaces. Thank you for that. Marizorn, do you share that sense that this newest set of maps is an accurate representation or at least as good as we can get given that you know it happened back in November? Uh, of of what happened? Yes, I I think so. The city staff and and our my colleagues on city council, we've been supporting the county health uh, staff this whole time, and we are very much appreciative to the Bay Area Air Quality Management District for putting together uh, this model. Um, it's important, you know, for us all to understand that you know the acute health effects associated with the spent catalyst release happen when the material was actually in the air, right? When it's in our breathing zone. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was the information that we did not have uh, in real time. We didn't have it the next day. We didn't have it for several more days after mm -hmm. it had already uh, fallen out of the air, right? It had already accumulated on our cars and on our dressers, as Heidi mentioned earlier. So this plume model that uh, Matt Kaufman is speaking about will actually be presented tonight at our uh, city of Martinez city council meeting members of the air district will be there to present this. And I, you know, really feel that this is going to give a lot more information than what people had, uh, you know, just yesterday, basically, uh, mm -hmm. because we have so many folks that have been reaching out and they ask the question, I didn't see it. Did it mm -hmm. land on my house? And nobody knew. A lot of people were out of town for Thanksgiving and it rained that weekend. Mm. So if you weren't there in real time, you would have had no idea that anything had happened uh, in your neighborhood. I walked out the next morning and I saw a thin film of dust on my car. So I know uh, that the plume model showing that it went in the direction of my house, I know is accurate. Um, I think one thing that I do want to bring up is that uh, members of my community have been asking, why weren't they told? Why didn't they know? We have a community warning system and my community is expecting to be notified uh, when things like this happen. So when there are uh, environmental issues or emergencies or incidents, however you wanna to refer to them, uh, at the local refineries, they do submit a, a CWS notification um, to the county. Uh, but up until recently, only evacuation or shelter in place notices actually made it in text or email form uh, huh. to the community. And uh -huh. our community and, uh, and me as the mayor and my colleagues as city council and all of the city leadership you know, said, no, we need to be able to tell our community members more in real time. So I know that we have been moving forward with CWS notifications for lower level uh, incidents. And then the city of Martinez will, you know, continue to work on increasing that communication because that's really our job in situations like this is to make sure that our community knows what's going on. So we've been really filling the gap ever since this event happened in November, uh, communicating out to uh, to our constituents. 
It's Martinez, Martinez Merritt Bianzorn, also worth um, noting. Perhaps you're environmental scientist by by training, so it must feel like you're you're back in the environmental science trenches again here. Um, uh, we would love to hear from you. We are talking about this November incident where some material was released from the Martinez Refining Company and the uneasy relationship that's really been de- you know developed over time, but it really exists right now between the town and the refinery. We're joined by Martinez Mayor Brianne Zorn, Heidi Taylor, a resident of Martinez, Charles Davidson with the Sunflower Alliance Environmental Group, Matt Kaufman, Deputy Director of Con- Contra Costa Health Services, and Ori Vielli, Health Officer for Contra Costa County. I'd love to hear from you. I mean, if you experience this, do you live near the refinery? What are your concerns? You can totally give us a call. Number is 866-733-6786. If in general you're thinking about how we live alongside these refineries, is it possible to imagine a future without them? And if not, what rules should they abide by? You can give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786. The email is forum at kqed.org. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. We're KQED Forum. Um, let's take a call here. Welcome, John, in Berkeley. Yes, thank you for taking my call. Earlier on, one of your guests listed the composition of the particulates. Mm-hmm. And what caught my attention was chromium. And my question is, do you know how much chromium is in these particulates, whether it is a hex chrome component, and what is the size range of the particulates? Mm. I'll take uh, any responses up here. Sure. Thank no, thank, thank you, John. Um, Ori, do you want to take that one, or do you want to um, send that one over to Matt? Um, sure, I can, I can start. Um, so all of the materials uh, are publicly available, and a lot of this detail is on our website at cchealth.org. Um, so anyone who wants to look at the actual report of the heavy metals from uh, the air district testing and the county testing, it's all available publicly online. And um, we, the in answer to the question, we don't know exactly. We we have the overall chromium level, but we don't have the sublevels of hex chromium, and we don't actually know what is in the soil. We know what was in the dust samples, but we're still waiting for the soil testing to come back. And um, I share the caller's concern. Uh, certain uh, subcompounds of chromium and vanadium are more readily absorbed by plant matter, are more harmful to the human body. And that is why we issued our health advisory, because we want to know what's in there and exactly before uh, we, we tell people that it's safe to ingest food grown in that soil. Yeah, I mean, uh, following up on that, Antonio writes, just for our edification, what catalyst was it? It matters because they have different compositions and many are by far simply clay with only trace amounts of of heavy metals. Yes, this catalyst, um, I believe the unspent catalyst, so before it goes through the refining process, is uh, aluminum silicate. So it is, it's mostly clay with some aluminum in it. But after it goes through the refining process, uh, process, that's where it picks up all of those metals. So um, again, the actual spent catalyst dust sample testing is all available at cchealth.org. Yeah. 
Um, Matt Kaufman, this may be the kind of thing that you would have gone through in your hazmat days. Uh, another listener writes with a technical question. Were the metals and the catalyst in valent states that allow them to be absorbed? Were they chemically active? These substances are everywhere, but they're not always in states that can be utilized. For example, aluminum was everywhere in northern soils, but they only became toxic to trees when acid rain changed the soil pH. Um, can you talk a little bit about what, what we know about these metals? In the state they were sure in. yeah that's a that's a very good point and i think the point exemplifies sort of why we need a toxicologist to really take a deep dive um into this incident and evaluate the soil samples um because the the um the caller is absolutely correct um there's a lot of different um chemicals that exist and within each metal um there's different um species of those metals that exist that can really create um different outcomes in terms of human toxicity. Um, so the health department has sort of recognized this very early on. Um, and it's one of the reasons why we've contracted with a toxicologist um, to do the soil sampling, which will include also background sampling, um, because it's important to know what pre-existed in the soil, um, if you, we can, um, and what the impact from this incident was on the soil um, in the plume modeled areas that we're going to see tonight at the city council meeting. Um, I think it's also important to recognize that um, you know, soil sampling is is a very complicated beast of its own in some ways. Um, there's many different methods. There's different, um, uh, you know, what depth do you take the soil sample from? What do you subject that soil to, to leach out the metals? Um, what would simulate uh, plant uptake of those metals? There's a lot of different things that we need to take into consideration, which is why we're bringing on the experts to do that. And that's why it's going to take quite a while, yeah. Well, it, you know, we had a community process to choose who that expert is, and we've now, and the community oversight committee has chosen who that expert is going to be. The health department recently signed the contract with that with that expert. Um, TRC is the name of of the company that's going to be doing this evaluation. So, I would say by early summer, we will have results back to our community in terms of um, the health risks that this this incident does or does not pose to our community. We're talking about an emissions release from the Martinez Refinery Company, the, the uneasy relationship between the town and the refinery next door. We're joined by Matt Kaufman, Deputy Director of Contra Costa Health Services, Ori Vielli, Health Officer for Contra Costa County, Heidi Martinez, who's a resident of Martinez, Charles Davidson with the Sunflower Alliance, and Martinez Mayor Brianne Zorn. Love to get more of your calls. If you live near a refinery, what are your concerns? I mean, do you feel you have the information you need to make decisions in your life? You can give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can email comments, questions to forum at kqed.org or find us on all the social media things. We're KQED Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more right after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking about this emissions release. Happened back in November from the Martinez Refining Company and all the work that's being done to figure out what happened and the relationship between the town and the refinery next door. Joined by Heidi Taylor, resident of Martinez, Charles Davidson with the Sunflower Alliance, Matt Kaufman, who's deputy director of Contra Costa Health Services, Ori Vielli, health officer for Contra Costa County, and Martinez Mayor Brianne Zorn. I'm going to get to some more of your calls and questions. Um, Charles Davidson, Victoria writes in to say, I live in Oakland on the border with Berkeley. Of course, the communities closest to the refineries are heavily affected by this pollution, but wind travels. Uh, Aren't all East Bay communities affected? Like, how would you think about the spread of the risk from the refineries? Well, the... Uh, it's it's very complex in our uh, communities because we have not only airborne pollutants, but we have uh, pollutants that have um, are along the shoreline. We were the, one of the heaviest industrialized places in California during World War II, and we have mm-hmm. um, you know a legacy of actually heavy metals right over here, uh, sitting in the bay over in Crockett and Rodeo area from the smelting of the gold from the the gold rush, basically. So um, we have that. We have the highways. So it's, it's a complex mix. But, uh, you know, I, th- I think the refineries um, definitely have a big part of the story. Um, y- you know, if it, it you know, 10 I guess years Charles, ago, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Charles, mm-hmm. I just want to ask about, you know, kind of specific to her question, though. <laughs> I mean, this release was more localized, right? Like this particular thing seems highly unlikely just based on the maps that I've seen of the airflow that it went, you know, down to the Oakland Berkeley border. Right. I I don't think that, you know, this specific release went that far. I I think that it does mix up, especially if you're talking about the Martinez refineries, the two refineries there. Um, Historically, they're in a basin that includes uh, Crockett, or uh, Concord and Walnut Creek, and, and there's a you can see the plume of uh, pollution in there. That's probably a mix of um, mm-hmm. the refineries and automobiles, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So Thank it's, it's yeah. It's yeah. Thanks so much. Um, let's bring in another car. Let's bring in Charlie in Oakland. Welcome. Hi everyone. I was wondering if the guests could comment on the role of oil labor in this um, this issue. I think in an industry which has historically been so antagonistic to its labor force, it's interesting to see the ways that um, labor actually is an important check on safety at these facilities. I mean, in the, in the Deepwater Horizon spill, the government noted that if um, oil labor was given more power to identify safety issues that so likely would not have happened. So I'm just kind of curious if, if any of the guests have any insight on how that relationship might factor into this, uh, this issue. Yeah. Charlie, what a, what a great question. A uh, couple of things off the top. This is a, a union shop um, and the, I think their contract runs for a, a few more years. Um, Matt Kaufman, um, you have a representative of labor, labor on this community committee, right? 
That's correct. Um, and we recognize that labor is a big part of the regulatory structure that sort of exists over um, heavy industry and particularly the refinery companies here within Contra Costa County. One of the big things that we do through our industrial safety ordinance um, is a safety culture assessment, and that's done once every five years. And the facility is required to assess safety culture um, within the refinery. Uh, what's working, what isn't working. Um, those surveys can be are done by the facility, but they're reported out publicly um, through our industrial safety ordinance committee. Um, and so, you know, the results of those uh, of those safety culture assessments um, are available. Um, they are recorded in meetings, um, but they are report required to report on it. And really, you know, the next the the results sort of indicate okay what is need what needs to be done over the next five years and then at the end of those five years we're going to reassess safety culture to see if we're making improvements on different areas um, safety culture as as you can imagine is very unique to each of the refineries um, each refinery has their own culture um, especially amongst labor um, so really those the safety culture assessments are sort of refinery specific um, but the county does track that to make sure that they're doing safety culture assessments that they're um, you know there's improvement plans that are implemented and that we're moving the needle in terms of uh, a better safety culture at each of our refineries here in Contra Costa mm -hmm. Uh, Mayor Brianne Zorn, I wanted to ask you about this independent um, community-involved committee that has, has developed. Um, do you feel like its composition is sort of what it, what it needed to be to get the community to believe its findings and to feel like it was adequately representing the different um, constituencies? That is such a good question. So, I, and I don't know if you know the answer <laughs> already, but... Uh, when the original plan for the group, it had five seats for five members of residents of the city of Martinez. And when I had some initial conversations with Supervisor Federal Glover, I made sure that, you know, we included folks that didn't live necessarily within Martinez city limits, because as uh, many of you may know or don't know, uh, most of the neighborhoods that are actually adjacent to the Martinez Refining Company are not within Martinez city limits. They're actually within uh, Contra Costa County. Uh, so we made sure that there were both folks that are both in the county as well as in the city. Um, interestingly enough, when the, you know, all of the applications, we had over 50 uh, kind of all got sorted out. Some mm -hmm. of the folks that were selected were, were not immediately adjacent to the refinery, but were actually, you know, further into the city of Martinez. And so we got some feedback from members of the public that they felt that there weren't enough people closer to, close enough to the refinery that were actually affected so we added another seat so a, a sixth person was added uh, that lives very close to the refinery in the um, Contra Costa County area and then my understanding is based on the preliminary findings of the plume model um, there was some understanding uh, that the the emissions had actually gone into Benicia so I believe there's actually a seventh member of the public mm -hmm. uh, advisory seats uh, that come from Benicia as well uh, and that is only community advisory oversight and there's actually quite a few other folks uh, we all have members of city of Martinez staff uh, members of the of the unions, as you were speaking about before, mm -hmm. uh, as well as other county representatives. And there's representatives from the refinery that are on this mm -hmm. community oversight committee as well. And I hope that these efforts that we've made as, as 
the representatives of our communities to select the most highly qualified folks to be on this oversight committee have instilled trust that they're doing the best that they can to ensure that every step of the process is being done as transparently as possible. So that way, when the results come back, as you mentioned in summer, that everybody believes the answer. I think from my perspective, if the data show that the soil is clean, we don't want our community to not trust that, right? Mm -hmm. So this is really important that people trust the folks that are working on this effort. Yeah. Hey, Heidi Taylor, how are you feeling about the committee right now? Um, I'm satisfied with the committee. I've had contact with members. I feel represented. I also attend the meetings. So I'm, you know, there are a lot mm -hmm. of us who, even though we're not on the committee, we're attending, there is public comment. I just want to say that I'm, I'm most frustrated by the fact that MRC is not here. They're not at city council meetings. They haven't offered anything. Mayor Zorn reached out to them personally and said, you know, you've got to take care of our residents here. They have been quiet and they caused all of this chaos. It is, well, I've said it before. It's just so frustrating. I mean, right now, I'm really counting on our district attorney to bring criminal charges against MRC. I want to see them held accountable. Um, Mayor, Mayor Zorn, I think this one goes to you, although... Uh, let's just listen to the story. Alishna writes, I live in downtown Martinez with my one-year-old baby, less than half a mile from the refinery. The toxic dust impacted our home and garden. We've been eating out of our garden since November, and the lack of information has been frustrating. I hear everyone talking about the communication issues and the precise makeup of the heavy metals and the toxic dust. But I do not hear anyone talking about holding the refinery accountable. What consequences will they face? Are they just too big and powerful to hold accountable? What is the county doing and what is the city doing to hold them accountable for their mistakes? Thank you for that question. And I, I think it's kind of goes back to what Heidi just said. Pretty early on, uh, Contra Costa Health indicated that they were recommending to the district attorney uh, to file charges, and they have. So from my perspective, the county is holding them accountable for these actions. I think everyone has to understand that being held accountable under our legal system takes a little bit of time. So we're waiting on soil results, but we're also waiting on what the actual implications of this uh, DA, the mm -hmm. DA process is actually gonna look like. And I don't know if Matt Kaufman wants to speak to this in any more detail, if he has any additional information, uh, but I do want the public to be aware that they are being held accountable and there are machinations through our process uh, mm -hmm. to do exactly that. Matt, I do want you to speak to that, but I also want you to speak to another uh, component of this, which was, you know, I think it was a sure. July 2021. Um, Matt Kaufman, this is, this has come to you. Bachman, you know, the Bay Area Air Quality Management District, enacted stricter rules that the refinery thought would be costly enough that they really included those prospective upgrades in their annual report as sort of a cost factor, risk factor for the, for the company. And uh, I believe they've been perhaps um, pushing back on, on some of those rules. So... Is BACMED and that kind of regulatory process, is that really where you see um, the other prong of this accountability in addition to, you know, maybe some of these legal proceedings? I, I would agree with that. Um, you know, from the county health perspective, we did, you know, file um, an enforcement case with the district attorney. The district attorney has accepted that case. So they will be um, filing any charges that come from this. But I think to, to Heidi's point earlier and Mayor Zorn, Zorn's point, 
Um, really what we're looking for, at least from the health perspective, is to make sure that incidents like this do not happen again and that mm -hmm. if uh, they do, that there's sort of measures in place that will prevent the harm um, that could that may have resulted from this incident. Yeah. Um, so really, you know, what the health department is doing is we're doing a full independent investigation of this incident to get to the root causes of it. From that, there will be action items that MRC will be required to comply with to make sure that a similar incident would not um, occur the same way that this one did, essentially. Um, but also, I think, you know, to Heidi's point uh, earlier, um, you know, the wet gas scrubber technology from the presentations that we have seen at the health department, um, obviously, this is the air district's rule, but from, uh, you know, and we're not air experts, let me just say, in terms of the technologies that exist to mitigate um, emissions. But, you know, from the from everything that we've seen, wet gas scrubbers would have had a significant impact in reducing mm -hmm. the impact or the, the emissions from this incident, potentially. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, the health department, obviously, you know, looking out for the public health of our residents, wants to see technologies implemented that would um, reduce health impact uh, if these incidents occur in the in the future. And if that's a wet gas scrubber, um, the health department is going to be supportive uh, of that technology being put in place at facilities uh, where it's deemed necessary. All right, let's bring in a couple more uh, Martinez residents if we can. Chris and Martinez, welcome. Hi, thank you very much for taking my call. So I had a couple questions, and then I was uh, listening, maybe a comment here. The first is, I live over near Hidden Lakes Park, and you know, we can, from the hill, we can see the refinery. Generally, we don't smell its, um, smell it, but um, I want to know if anything from that incident happened here at Hidden Lakes Park. Um, the second was, you know, when you mentioned homeowners, I think that someone from the city said homeowners will need to not eat any food they grow in their soil. And that just struck me as, as, as just insane that, that this could happen. Um, so I would like to get involved, and I think Heidi Taylor sounds like someone who's – so she could convey what her um, contact info for the organization. Um, I and my neighbors are going to get involved. So thank you for taking sure. my call. Um, thanks, Chris. Heidi, uh, for people who are interested in organizing with you, how do they get in touch? Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I also am part of a bigger group called Healthy Martinez Refinery uh, Accountability Group. And I'm happy uh, to share my email if anyone wants to get in touch with me. Yeah. All right. Um, thank you for that. Let's bring in um, Jacqueline in Martinez, and then we'll talk about Hidden Lakes Park. Jacqueline? Yes, hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, sure can. Go ahead. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. Um, so I moved here maybe three years ago, two and a half years ago to Martinez, and I live right down the block from the refinery. I can see it outside my window. And by chance, I um, was out of town during the mm. November um, situation, and I didn't come home till a couple of weeks later. So I went abroad. I'm just wondering how much should we be concerned since I live so close where I can see it outside my window and the aftermath mm. of the event on our air. Yeah. You know, Ori Vielli, health officer for Contra Costa County, I feel like this is the risk communication challenge you've been trying to, to answer here. How, how concerned should Jacqueline be? Thank you for your call, Jacqueline. Yeah, it's, it's a great question, Jacqueline, and we hope to be able to answer that in the next few months when we get the results of the soil testing. You, 
weren't affected. We, you didn't have to breathe in the air immediately because you're away. But um, if you're not ingesting the soil or the, the plant matter grown in it at this point, um, I don't think you have that much to worry about. Um, and I think you can even plant a garden if you want to and wait for the testing results yeah. to come back or bring in fresh soil and plant in that and not even have to think about it. Um, but I want to echo what Heidi and Charles um, and Mary Zorn have mentioned. Really, like the the longstanding concern is one of um, you know high density of population living in close proximity to re the refinery and improving the monitoring and really improving the safety processes so that these releases don't happen into the future. Mm -hmm. It's uh, and and that's going to be part of the enforcement mechanism that the county health department and the air district will do, as well as the district attorney. Yeah. Or I just want to make one more run at this sort of comparative risk analysis, right? I mean, relative to the other things that people face in the county, whether that's, you know, air pollution from cars, whether that's, um, you know, car accidents, other kinds of risks to people's health, given that there's going to be a possible range of outcomes here, you know, the best and worst case could be quite far apart. But like, how would you compare it to other risks that people in the community face? You know, I think in in general, um, it it's it's not one of the higher risks. It's it's so hard for me to to say until I see the results of the soil testing and discuss this with the toxicologist. But I would say it, it's not the the worst, particularly if people are aware of what's in their soil and what they're growing in there, and take any sort of actions they need to to mitigate that risk. But I do have concern about ongoing exposures over many months and years um, to toxins. And that's why we, we're hopeful that the facility will take the additional safety measures, will put in the wet scrubbers to really protect the community over the long term. Um, you know, it, ingesting um, metals is something that's really harmful to the human body if it's done repeatedly and over a long period of time. Um, unless the concentrations are super high. So we'll see exactly which uh, of the metals there were in there once we get the soil testing and we'll give people better information as soon as we have it. Yeah. Thank you so much. We have been talking about emissions release from the Martinez Refining Company and all the work that's been done to try and understand the risks and, and possibilities surrounding it and the relationship between the town and the refinery. We've been joined by... Ori Vielli, Health Officer for Contra Costa County. Heidi Taylor, a resident of Martinez. Martinez Mayor Brianne Zorn. Charles Davidson with the Sunflower Alliance. And Matt Kaufman, Deputy Director of Contra Costa Health Services. Thank you all so much for joining us. And thank you for listeners' calls and, and comments. Complex issue here. You've been listening to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another Hour Ahead with Mina Kim. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. 
Set ten years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.